Live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. Just win, baby. It's Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. And here's your boy Q. And here I am. Live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, on this Tuesday, September 21st, 2021. Uh, Very excited about today. Very excited about every day, honestly. Anytime we get a chance to bless the mic and be able to uh, talk some Raiders football and talk some sports in general and just kind of, you know, have two hours to put on the headset and, and, and like I said, talk and and share some stories of Raider Nation, it's always a good day. And then being here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, it makes it a little bit better. And today, I'll tell you, I've been very busy. It's been a fun busy. Every day is a good busy, but very fun and exciting. Uh, Got things started earlier this morning at Allegiant Stadium, and there was a great uh, reveal today inside the stadium. They had the the wall, uh, and it's just (laughs) it's a wall of 96 helmets, high school football helmets, that are on the wall there at Allegiant Stadium now that will be there forever. And it's just it's really cool just to see that kind of honor and see that kind of respect that the Raiders are showing uh, the, the youth and, and the high school football teams and programs uh, around the Nevada area. And, I mean, every stadium across the country does not have that. So uh, to be able to be a part of that earlier this morning was great. Uh, I was able to emcee the event. And so to, to not only be there to, to witness the unveiling of the wall, but also to emcee it, and to have you know the Raiders want to reach out to me to do it, I thought that was really cool. So, been a fun day so far, and it's just getting started as we have a very locked and loaded show for you today uh, from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. My man Demont Cotton, he's on the on the wheels of steel back in the home studios. Of course, he's standing by the phone line. Also got the Salmon Ash text line wide open, like some old school TV antennas at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. And I'll tell you right now, and I'm going to let you know who's coming up on the show as far as guests in just a few minutes. If you follow me on Twitter at your boy Q254 or Raider Nation Radio 920 at RNR 920 AM on Twitter, you already know the guest lineup because I tweet it out every single day. We retweet it, make sure it's out there in the universe for everybody to see. We're loaded. We are locked and loaded from beginning of the show to the end of the show. So we won't have a lot of time for open lines, but we will probably, I'll say, in the, fr- in the first 25 minutes of the show. So I say that. Light them up, Raider Nation. <laughs> Light it up. 702-365-9200. And the Salmon Ash text line, as I mentioned, 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, put the text, put the number 69187 in where your phone number would be or where the phone number would be. And then when you start your message, R&R, the letters R&R, and then your message, and it'll make sure it gets to us. Had a couple different topics that I wanted to talk about. And, Damon, I'm going to kind of throw you off because I know I threw one topic out on the our run sheet for the day. But I'm going to switch things up. And I, I just want to hear from Raider Nation. And I know it's only two games, and I'm not going to get – too high on the hill and say, oh, man, here we go. Look out. This, uh, this Raider team is going to be amazing. This, look, it's a marathon. It is not a sprint. I know a lot of Raider Nation is excited about the, the 2-0 record and the teams that they beat. I think that's really the biggest thing for me is, hey, they, the, the Raiders defeated two really good teams, the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers, two AFC North opponents, obviously uh, two teams that battle each other all the time and are going to fight for the division title in the AFC. Of course, they have to deal with Cleveland as well, and Cincinnati's there. But, I mean, we're really, for the longest, it's been Pittsburgh and Baltimore, and now Cleveland's all, all of a sudden doing their thing as well. But 
uh, you know that those two teams are going to be in it you know, at the end. So when the Raiders defeat them to start the season, that's worth noting. And that's starting to get them some love. You know, Raider Nation, you always talk about how come you're not getting the national love? How come you're not getting the national love? I actually listened, and I don't, I don't do the first take show. I'm not that guy. I just really don't. But I was at my, my desk at my, my house, and I was watching, and I had the TV on. I had SportsCenter on. I like to catch up on SportsCenter. And it's easy to watch kind of in like a, a sports bar type setting. You know, you just have it on and you can look up at it whenever you do. So I was doing that this morning. Then all of a sudden it flipped over to first take and I'm not that guy. But Stephen A was going back and forth with Keyshawn Johnson. And I do like Keyshawn Johnson a lot. I like the way he presents himself. I, I love his radio show. I think he's a, a refreshing voice to hear on the radio. And so I, I'll tune in to him. So when I, get, when I see him on the show with Stephen A., I pay attention a little bit. Stephen A. doesn't do anything for me. And that's not a disrespect to him. It's just I just kind of know what his thing is. He's going to argue with someone. He's going to get loud with somebody. And he's just going to, you know, throw something out there just to, to get a rise. You know, I mean, it's just it's kind of like the cookie cutter mold now. And I'm just I'm not cut like that. And, and that's cool. That's him. That's that's what he does. That's fine. He's made a lot of money doing it. So, hey, more power to him. But Keyshawn Johnson is a different cat. So it was funny to hear him, Keyshawn Johnson and Stephen A. Smith arguing this morning about Derek Carr. And Keyshawn said, hey, you know, and Keyshawn's been very vocal about Derek Carr being elite. And I would like to say that Keyshawn Johnson was probably one of the first analysts, one of the first guys that are on national radio to say that they thought Derek Carr was elite. And I said, hey, I don't even think that he's elite, but I think he's really good. And there's nothing wrong with really good. You don't need to be elite to hold up a Lombardi. You just don't. It's been proven time and time again. But he's playing, I'll I'll say, and we had callers yesterday say that I think he's playing at an elite level. I can agree with that. I really can because you know the Raiders want to butter their bread by way of the, grunt, the, the, the ground game, and that ground game hasn't been there for the first two weeks. I mean, it hasn't been there consistently. At spurts, it's been there here and there, but it hasn't been there consistently, and Derek Carr has been shouldering it, getting it, you know, doing it, throwing the ball around the yard and making it happen. Of course, the defense has done a great job complimenting him. So I do think he's playing at an elite level, but to hear Keyshawn Johnson really cut for Derek Carr this morning, I thought was pretty impressive. I really did, and he said that, hey, Derek Carr is a top five quarterback. He's playing like a top five quarterback. And Stephen A. couldn't believe it, just lost his mind that Keyshawn Johnson was said that. And of course, you got to take it into, you know, and, and put it in context. It's part of the stick, it's part of the show, it's part of this and that, the other. You know, Stephen A. is going to do that and, you know, go out there and, and, and say whatever he's got to say to kind of get that argument and that rise going. But, you know, Keyshawn Johnson put Derek Carr ahead of Russell Wilson. He put Derek Carr ahead of Kyler Murray. And, you know, Russell Wilson, he's got a Lombardi. Russell Wilson, I think a lot of Raider Nation respects. I respect the hell out of Russell Wilson. But I understood what Keyshawn Johnson was saying when he said, hey, I'd rather, if I'm a wide receiver on the Raiders, I'd rather catch a ball from Derek Carr than Russell Wilson because I could see how the ball comes out. And I thought it was a very compelling argument, not because Derek Carr is the quarterback of the Raiders, but because Keyshawn Johnson is a wide receiver that's been there, done that. And so he understands the way he would want the ball received. So I thought that was a a hell of an argument. So I was going to ask, I was going to, but I don't really even need to. I was going to ask what level you thought Derek Carr was playing at. Did you think he was playing top 10, top 5? Would you consider his play elite? I was going to go there and do that, but I I just kind of, I backpedaled on that a little bit just because, I mean, I guess it's, I kind of consider it just one of those arguments that's never going to end anyway as far as Derek Carr is concerned. I don't care if he wins the Super Bowl, there'll still be some kind of argument. Yeah, but, you know, it was only because it was good weather that day. I mean, you know, who knows? Who knows what the argument could be? Uh, But I did want to know, and I thought that this was even a better conversation, what has surprised you so far 
about the Raiders and their 2-0 and start. I think that that's a better conversation. I think that's a conversation that we can go in different directions. Are you running from the car MVP talk? I've already seen a tweet, Ross Tucker. No, MVP no. Um, look, man, Carter. I'm not – look here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> look here, bro. I'm not talking MVP in week two or week, going into week three of a season for anybody. Anybody. And, I know I saw that tweet. I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's what's so funny is that that, that happens. You know, uh, there was the, the Locked On Podcast Network that I'm a part of. I do my podcast every day, Locked On Raiders Podcast. Uh, you know, they put out a tweet the other day that, oh, the, the, there's seven teams left in the league that are undefeated. It's, it's, it's after two weeks. You know what I mean? Like, let's talk undefeated teams after, like, five weeks. You know what I mean? Then there's, there's something to talk about. After two weeks, it's cool. You're on a two-game winning streak. That's awesome. I don't really – I don't get caught up in the MVP stuff right now. Let's start talking in November and December. Let's start talking about MVP then. Not in September. That's not my conversation right now. So, no, I'm not running from it, but I just won't have it. <laughs> I just won't have that conversation. But I would like to know, Raider Nation, I really would. What has surprised you so far? It's been a couple weeks. You've seen a couple different styles of play. You've seen a couple different teams that the Raiders have had to take on. Uh, one quarterback that runs all over the place and is a, is a human joystick. You know, he's a, he's a video game. And then you've seen a guy that's a pocket passer that's going to be a Hall of Famer one day. And you've seen the Raiders defeat both. So what has surprised you, good or bad? That's the thing. That's the part of this conversation that a lot of folks don't know. I'm not just here to, to, um, to pump sunshine and rainbows and puppy dogs and everything is groovy and gravy. No. Surprises could be good and bad. You ever had a bad surprise? I had a bad surprise. My dad set me up for failure back in the day. First time that we came out of church, and he's like, hey, man, let's go to Baskin-Robbins. I was like, oh, great. I'm getting ice cream. That's when I learned that Baskin-Robbins wasn't the good place to go. That was the, oh, punishment's on the way. <laughs> That's what that meant. Whenever Pop said, hey, let's go to Baskin-Robbins, that meant, oh, man, I started thinking, going through my mind, what did I do lately? What have I done? What, Man, did my mom tell him, man, did she tell him about this? Oh, no. That's what I learned. But the first time, I had no idea. I thought I was getting rewarded for being such a good young man. Surprise. So all surprises aren't always good. You like to think they are, but they're not. So Raider Nation, I'd like to hear from you. 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash text line. As I mentioned, wide open like some old school TV antenna, 69187, keyword R&R. Let me know about it. What has surprised you the most about the first two games of the season as the Raiders have come away unbeaten, 2-0 so far? One quick text, one quick text on the Salmon Ash text line. It's not from Tom because it doesn't say Tom. It's actually from Big Dub Raider. Q, I've never been a Keyshawn guy because he always goes at the Raiders because of Gruden. But for him to defend D.C. in the elite class is huge. And put D.C. in the elite class is huge. Uh, That's from Big Dub Raider. Uh, Thank you for that text, my man. And you know what the funny thing is? I know him and Gruden had that, you know, that – dust up and that beef and, and, and all that good stuff. I've always really liked Keyshawn Johnson. Even when he was a player, I just thought that he was cut from a different cloth. And I think that there's, there's guys that you just need to have like that. I always liked him. I get it. He didn't get along with Gruden and all that. But I always thought he was a hell of a wide receiver. I thought he was very outspoken. Clearly, I have no problem with people that are outspoken. <laughs> it's right up my alley. People that tell you how they feel. And I think he does an exceptional job on the radio. I'm not one that's going to ever come on the radio and say, man, that national show is so great. But I'll tell you what, I think Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, and I know it's not Zubin anymore, is uh, he's dealing with some medical issues. So they put uh, Max Kellerman, which whatever, (laughs) you know, but uh, Keyshawn does an exceptional job on that morning show and really brings that flavor and that life, like that energy 
that 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 I at least want to hear when I wake up in the morning. So I can appreciate his work. So uh, good good text, Big Dub Raider. I definitely appreciate that. 702-365-9200. That is the number. And, Damon, you said we had who up first? Rich in Oakland. Rich out the 510, the five and dime. Rich, what's on your mind this afternoon? Hey, what's good, fellas? Chilling, man, chilling. Yeah, so I got a few surprises. You know, the the number one surprise is the defense. I kind of knew that uh, Gus Bradley was going to have an influence on the defense, but man, they 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 coming out there. You know what I mean? Uh, number one, big surprise on that defense is Max Crosby. The effect of going sober, he's got a motor. Like man, he might not have had any sacks last game, but he's got a motor, bro. He affects mm-hmm. that game. And he, he even hurt uh, Ben. I guess Ben got something going on with him now. He smacked him a few times the other yep. day, you know? Yep. And uh, a negative surprise on the defense is Cleveland Bear. Yep. Into it. But damn, brother. You know, you're a, you're a fourth overall pick. You can burn. I know, I know our defensive line, you know, is a lot better. But come on, bro. You can't get no snaps whatsoever. Like, affect the game at all. Like, man, that's kind of. That's kind of depressing, but, hey, we're 2-0. It is what it is. That's water under the bridge. You can't cry over spilled milk, all these draft picks. As long as we brought in all this talent, these linebackers that we have, Perriman, you know, uh, Perriman with the right, you know, the our, yep, our, KJ. our linebackers yep. are stacked. We're still going to get Morrow back. You know, Jonathan Abram, he had his best game I've ever seen him play on Sunday. So, it's like the defense is humming. Derek Carr, he's balling. I love the way he's playing. The thing about Derek, a lot of people, you know, right now that he's balling, they're trying to say, oh, you guys should have believed in him the whole time. Hey, I believed in him the whole time. I knew he had it in him. He just had to bring it out. He needed to bring out that dog. And right now, he's playing with no fear. And the thing about this team, Q, that I love, man, is that they love each other. You mm-hmm. know? I yep. don't know. What. They're, they're so close. And you know when teams are close, they love each other. They work hard for each other. They got each other's back. That's when you make a run. And, every man, everybody on that team loves Derek Carr. So, man, we all got to get behind Derek Carr. And he just got to keep it up. Let's stop the MVP talks. Let's stop crowning ourselves Super Bowl champions after two weeks. We know what's happened in the past two years. So, let's stay humble and let's keep it up for another 17 weeks. You know, let, let wake me up in week 10, and I'll tell you how I feel about Derek Carr recruiting and the team. But right now, I love the way we're playing. A lot of effort on both sides of the ball, and man, I love that Ruggs is getting involved because you got to get eleven the ball because he's a playmaker. One way or another, get him the ball. But hey, we two and zero. We should be three and zero. But do not sleep on the Dolphins. Go handle business. Mm-hmm. Because we're gonna take it over like we usually do. Right on, Q. Thank you. Thank you, Rich, out the 510, Oakland, California. Thank you for that call, my man. Lots of great stuff right there. And, yeah, you know, it's funny. We talk about the defense, and that's the easy answer saying, oh, it's a, it's a surprise. But like Rich said, thought it was going to be good. I've been talking about for a while that, hey, I felt very comfortable that the defense was going to be good under Gus Bradley. He was going to make things, uh, you know, simplify it and, and really make it so these guys were in good position to make plays. But, man, I'll tell you, I didn't know it was going to gel as quickly as it is, and, and it could get better. That's what's funny is it could still get better. There's still room for improvement. But you do what you did to Baltimore and you hold, you keep Lamar Jackson in check and you create a couple turnovers and then you go to Pittsburgh and you keep Big Ben in check and I don't give a damn. I'll tell you right now, I don't give a damn what people say about Big Ben is washed, he's this, that, and the other. He's still Big Ben. You know when guys get older and they, they don't have 
They don't have a, maybe a certain athleticism. They don't have certain things. Part of their game maybe diminished a little bit, but they find ways to still get it done. Big Ben can still get it done. He still has weapons around him. He still can go out there and win games. As you saw, even though they struggled week one against Buffalo, they found a way to, in the second half, come back and win that game and shock Buffalo in Buffalo. So don't let anyone tell you that, oh, well, Big Ben is just a shell of himself, so that's what it is. Um, No, the Raiders' defense went out there and played. And I mentioned this multiple times. I've been on multiple radio shows. That's how I know how well the Raiders are playing right now. I get requests to be on show after show after show. I got a request to be – I did a show. I did a 10-minute radio show. Hey, man, it's, it's blowing up. But, you know, when, when they go on a couple-game losing streak or something, all of a sudden it's dead silent. Don't know nobody know me no more. You know, and that's just how it goes. You know, but everyone wants to get you on the, on the radio show. I have three different radio interviews lined up for tomorrow, like two in the morning and one late in the afternoon. I had one when I was coming back from Pittsburgh. I was sitting in the Chicago airport watching the game, watching Baltimore and Kansas City, and I was sitting at the bar uh, having a drink and eating some pizza, and I was doing an interview right there. Talking about the Raiders because got to have him on. Last night, late last night, had another interview. Hey, man, you got a, a couple minutes to talk some Raiders football? Oh, man, got to talk about the Raiders being 2-0. and You know, and it's, it's so funny. I'll do these interviews. I do every one of them. As long as I can squeeze it into my time, I'll do every single one of them. Because I have no problem uh, promoting what we got going on, promoting that, hey, if you need to get some Raider knowledge, listen. We have the, an all-star lineup starting in the morning with the tailgate, morning tailgate with Clay Baker and company. You know, it's JT the Brick, obviously, myself, Damon, Vinny Bonsignor. I mean, you want to get up on game on the Raiders, listen, we got you covered. So I have no problem promoting. I always tell you I'm like Shaquille O'Neal. I can, I can endorse and promote anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've ne- Shaq's never seen a product he couldn't endorse and he couldn't promote. I could do the same thing. I could promote anything and everything, and I have no problem doing it. So I don't mind going on these shows, but it's so funny to hear some of the questions. Does John Gruden finally like Derek Carr? And sometimes I kind of look at the phone like, are you kidding me? Are we still having this conversation four seasons in? This is the conversation that we're having? Sometimes I like to record the interviews that I do just to go back and listen to them again. Sometimes I just, I just turn them off right then. Like, okay, I'm not even listening anymore. Because that was one of the first questions I got hit with. Do you think that John Gruden likes the, co- uh, the quarterback now? Uh, yes. If he didn't, he'd have been gone a long time ago. It's just it's unbelievable, you know, that, that people are so surprised by – by things, oh well, you know, huh? what? What about uh, Darren Waller, man? He had he had ten catches week one. Were you surprised to see that? No, the best player on the team. <laughs> no, Max Crosby sure came from out of nowhere. Right? Yeah, that's. I mean, but that. But you know, I, I say that, and I, I act surprised. But it's just you know, and that's why when 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 folks get mad when the national media is you know talking d- down on the Raiders or whatever. It's because they don't have any idea. They don't really do the research. They don't follow along. One of the arguments I heard from Stephen A. Smith this morning was, and I, I, unfortunately I keep going back to that, I apologize, but he said that the offense, you knew that the offense was good. They didn't deal with any adversity in week two that, that they didn't have in week one. And I'm thinking, they didn't? What do you mean they didn't have any adversity? So I'm saying to this to myself, and that's when you know that you know whatever the conversation is is good is when you start talking to yourself. And I had to stop myself because I'm like, why am I responding to this? But I was. I started talking. I said, well, for, first of all, Denzel Good is out completely. <laughs> Richie Incognito's never seen the field. Uh, Josh Jacobs is not playing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, their right tackle, starting right tackle, went out at halftime. You're talking about there's no adversity on the offense? Yeah, there's adversity on the offense. There's things that they had to overcome, Absolutely. 
You know, they had on defensive side of the ball, they had guys go out with cramps. Casey Hayward went out for a minute. Trayvon Mullen went out for a minute. I mean, there's guys, Unique Ngakwe is is not 100%. Yeah, there's plenty of adversity going on with the Raiders. They're just finding ways to win. And I know he specified offense, but no, there's plenty. There's plenty of adversity. But that's how I know that they're not really locked in and paying attention. They're just looking at the box score and saying, oh, well, you know, they scored 33 against Baltimore, so they scored 27 against Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I expected. But again, it's for us to be the experts, not for them to be the experts. Their, their expertise is, is getting a, a broader sense about everything. It's like they get a, a big umbrella, a big paintbrush, and, they, and they'll, they'll paint a bigger picture, but it'll be a, a simplistic picture, if you know, if you well, know what I mean. Well, the picture that they're painting is entertainment. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's, it's, entertaining. Entertainment. it's entertaining for them, and it's entertaining for those depending on what they want. You know what I mean? And I'll tell you, I'm not going to lie to you. Back in the day, before I really got cooking in this, I mean, I, I kind of thought that that was a really good show. Back in the day, I, I thought it was a really good show. And then I, the more I learned and the more I re- researched, and even when I interviewed Stephen A, uh, back in the day when, when the Seahawks were playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl in Arizona, and the whole Marshawn Lynch, I'm just here so I don't get fined thing, that's what turned me off on Stephen A. I had a conversation with him, and he told me one thing, and he was leaning one direction where, hey, Marshawn Lynch needs to – he needs to follow the rules. He needs to do this, that, and the other. He was very pro, you know, the team and the NFL. And then the very next day, he was on TV talking about if Marshawn don't want to talk, he shouldn't have to talk. And then, you know, and it was completely opposite of what he told me the day before. And so that, to me, just, you know, it's almost when you found out Santa Claus wasn't real. Hopefully nobody's kid just listened to that and realized that, you know. Or wrestling. Let me say wrestling. Let me not use Santa Claus. I guess that's sacred. When you find out that wrestling wasn't real and you didn't like it anymore, that's how I was. My dad used to tell me that wrestling wasn't real when I was little, and I liked like Junkyard Dog and all them cats. And I was like, "Yes, it is, Dad. Yes, it is. It's real." That was not. And then when I found out that he was not wrong, they just kind of it was done for me. Sorry, Demon. <laughs> Demon's like, "Yeah, I'm not even talking to you anymore, Q." So that's that's the deal. But yeah, Raider Nation uh, got a loaded show for you today. I do appreciate the the, the feedback. Already, let's go to James in Vegas. Let's get him in real quick. James in Vegas, you're on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. What's on your mind, my man? James or John? Oh, John. John, John, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, Q. Hey, first time listening, man. I'm I'm digging what I'm hearing. Uh, Just please keep it real. You know, uh, I try to listen to JT and Vinny, but, uh, boy, they're just cheerleading all. Do they look cute in their cheerleader skirts and their (laughs) pom-poms? Holy cow, I can't listen after half an hour. It's just, they're, they're just salesmen. They're not journalists. But, hey, I, I'm, a, I'm born and raised in Pittsburgh. I bleed Steeler black and gold. I'm going to disagree with you. Ben is done, man. And my whole Steeler team, my beloved Steelers, uh, they've, they've, re- they've won two really uh, three really two playoff games in the past ten years. They're way overrated, so I wouldn't count the Steeler victory as a, as a, as a big win. But okay. I'm going to tell you, man, I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth. I'm old. I went to high school in the 70s. I remember the 70s. I remember the macular reception. I remember the Lynn Swan concussion. I remember the – I've hated two teams in my life, and the Raiders were the first one. The second was the Patriots. But i got to <laughs> tell you, man, this team is infectious. Uh, Gruden is infectious. I'm a Vegas guy. There could be nothing better for the city of Las Vegas than the Raiders to win the Super Bowl. I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth, but go Raiders. (laughs) 
Wow. Th- hey, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate you. Thank you for the feedback on the show. And I- I'll say this, man. Uh, I- I- again, and-, and hey, I respect your opinion as a Steeler fan on Big Ben. Uh, I did ask someone when I was in Pittsburgh. We were at McFadden's, and we were there was a little bit of a Raider party. And I said, because someone, someone else said, yeah, I think Big Ben is done. And I said, all right, well, before you take him out to pasture and you, you turn him into glue, uh, who do you want in that position? <laughs> who do you want in that position? Who would you want there? Because right now I think he's a better option than, than – well, obviously the free agents that are out there. Like, there's no free agent that you'd rather have out there. Uh, and I don't know if if the guy in the draft, and you don't know if the guy in the draft is guaranteed to, to really be a hit. Look at Zach Wilson, number two overall pick. Look at the horrible day he had for the Jets. Awful day. Awful day. If he loses two in a row, I'm sure Steeler fans will convince themselves Cam Newton can get him to the playoffs. Oh, man. Look, I've had, I've had Raider fans hit me up and say that Cam Newton should be signed by the Raiders. And that's just because all it takes is a two game losing streak for any team to be like, hey, we can make it work with somebody else. It's just it's well, it's unbelievable. And, you know, and and Cam is so big and he's so athletic that a lot of people still get caught up on that fact. And I tell everyone, like, I have nothing against Cam Newton. I don't think he's who he was, obviously, when he was a, a, a league MVP and taking the Panthers to the Super Bowl. I think he has athletic abilities and traits. I think he, you know, could still be effective. But could you imagine trying to bring Cam Newton into this facility that I'm sitting in right now and trying to get him up to speed on John Gruden's offense and how to conduct and run his offense all, all at the same time being a backup and, you know what I mean, and, and then trying to inter, integrate him into the offense and maybe have a, a package for him like it looked like they had a package for Marcus Mariota that they only got one playoff. Like, there's just way too many moving parts. Like, I don't think that that's worth the trouble. That's why I would say that. And, and a lot of people hit me up, tell, hey, man, they should go get Cam. That's why you, you, you don't go get Cam. You just, there's too much that you'd have to do. There's too much nurturing you'd have to do to be able to get him up to speed where he could be effective. By that time, you're already in December. But James, or John in Vegas, I keep call, calling him James because, Damon, you put James in my name, in my ear. But it's okay. I didn't have to dime you out like that. So, John, thank you for that call. I appreciate you. Rich in the 510, appreciate you. Got a couple texts, and we'll get to our first guest, which is Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. She does a great job. Going to get her opinion. We like to have her join the show each and every week. Also, earlier today, I was at Allegiant Stadium. I had a one-on-one with former Raider running back Chris McLemore. You'll hear that conversation following Cassie Soto's conversation. Then at 3 p.m., Ted Nguyen from The Athletic will join us, do a little bit of film breakdown. So Ted's always a great uh, a guest to have on the show as well. Then at 3.20, Tom Flores, High School Football Coach of the Week. You know, we do that each and every week, honoring high school football coaches in the Las Vegas area. Chaparral head football coach Don Willis will join the show. That's at 3.20. Then at 3.40, yeah, there's still more coming. That's right. At 3.40, Raiders president Dan Ventrelli, he was also at Allegiant Stadium earlier this morning. I got a few minutes to catch up with him. So that's the show right there, locked and loaded. Lots of great guests. Uh, do have a lot of good text messages that we got. Got a, a, a lot of callers I know coming coming in. Hold on tight don't worry we'll get to you at some point uh we'll, we'll get to you we'll get to you in between cassie and and then uh chris mclemore the conversation i had with him earlier so uh coming up next cassie soto from the las vegas review journal she'll join us to talk all things raiders talk about the 2-0 start what she's from the seeing from the team and what's even surprised her as of right now 227 is the time we're live at the intermountain Healthcare performance center raiders hq and this is raider nation radio 920 Give me your best. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Hall of Famer Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Raider, hey, Raider Nation, this is Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Radio Station 920. Say Raider Nation Radio 920. Raider Nation Radio Station 920. <laughs> 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. And we are live here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ here in Henderson. Very pleased to be here as I'm pretty much a resident here every Tuesday, man. It's a lot of fun to be able to do the show live from HQ, and it's always fun to get our next guest on the phone line. That's Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Does a great job there. You can find her on Twitter, at underscore Cassie Soto. And Cassie, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And this time last week, we were talking about the Raiders being 1-0, coming off of a crazy roller coaster affair at Allegiant Stadium. Now we're talking about the team being 2-0 after going to Pittsburgh and absolutely just being the better team, no doubt about it. What are your thoughts to the start that the Raiders have gotten off to, 2-0 and beating Pittsburgh on Sunday? Yeah, how about that? And, like, some convincing wins at that, too, right? Like, I know the overtime win over the Ravens, it, it definitely came down to the wire. It looked like they were going to Raider it up there. Um, at the end, but they got that win. And then, yeah, to just, you know, I don't know if dominate has been thrown around, but, you know, to, again, a convincing win over the Steelers, over a quarterback that is going to be a first ballot for sure. And I think it just shows, and we've talked about it, I think, before this season, like just how different this team feels. And now you listen to just how uh, how in these guys are and, and bought in into this system. Um that that the locker room is in a healthy place more than anything and that these guys want to play f- for each other and win for each other and you see that on the field um, when these guys get out there on Sundays. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know, it's funny going through training camp. Uh, I know we've talked about it. I know multiple uh, members of the media that are out here in Henderson at the at the facility throughout the training camp. We've all talked about it, how this team just feels different. But at the same time, hey, you just you don't know until you see it. And it's only two weeks. It's a small sample size. But I think that what we were seeing in training camp is starting to show on the field on Sundays and Mondays. Well, I think in training camp, you know, it was hard not to get excited seeing some of those. So we weren't obviously out there for all of training camp. There was only certain periods that we could be out there. But we saw videos afterwards of Derek Carr making some deep passes to Henry Ruggs. And you're like, man, like that would be exciting if you could see that during a game. And then come Sunday, you see that during a game. And Derek Carr talks about it. And I actually just got off um, off here with uh, Vinny Bonsignor, Raider Nation radio host and Las Vegas Review Journal um, B writer talking about for our show for Wednesday, our Blitz show, and he was saying, like, that trust that has been built, you just see it because how are you going to chuck a ball, you know, that that deep down to a guy that where you haven't been in practice, you haven't had the time with him, you haven't gotten those reps in, and in a game-time scenario where it's a pretty clutch moment to make that pass, like, that has to happen in practice, and we saw that happen, and now it's coming to fruition in real time, in real-life games where now they're 2-0. and Right, exactly. We're talking right now with Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal on Twitter, at underscore Cassie Soto. And, you know, that's the thing. Derek Carr has thrown the ball 80-plus times through two weeks. Uh, how, how impressed have you been with just what he's been able to do and really take control of both of these games that the Raiders have won? Yeah, I think it's what everyone's been wanting to see. I think at the, like, the very beginning like of you getting here on Raider Nation Radio 2, you asked me, like, what do you want to see more of? from Carr, and I said, throw the dang ball. Like, throw it, throw it deep, take some chances, give your guys a chance to come up with those 50-50 balls. You've seen Brian Edwards. Like, how bad does that guy want to end up in the end zone? Like, that poor right. dude, like, each two touchdowns right now that have been called back, he hasn't got them yet. So that guy's hungry to show what he has, being that he didn't 
get a play at all last year, he's ready to show what he has. Henry Ruggs is ready to show his wheels. So now Derek Carr building that trust, building that relationship, those 5, 6 a.m. practices that they had um, in the offseason uh, on their own, like that's coming to life now. And, yeah, it's definitely exciting to see Derek Carr. And, you know, I know a lot of Raiders fans, you know, they're – there's there you love him or you hate him and you know now like he's starting to show those haters like hey here's what i'm about here's what i can be maybe 2016 wasn't just a fluke we can get back to they can get back to where they were and and you know he's starting to present and again i know it's early it's right. it's hard to, to get excited but like why not like there's teams that are oh and two like why can't you get excited right exactly there's teams that are oh and two right now that are thinking the sky is falling and yeah. you know coach is about to get <laughs> you, fired you'd rather get thinking that you have a chance to make it to the Super Bowl than to be like, all right, we're just over. Like, who are we tanking for this year? You know? <laughs> right. Exactly. And, you know, that's that's been there's been conversations like that when it comes to the silver and black in years past. And I'm not saying the last couple of years, but I mean, there's been years where you look and say, yeah, this is going to be a bad season, you know, and yeah. <laughs> that's just I mean, look at Jacksonville. They're not playing because they think that they're going to be a playoff team. They're playing to, to get through the season and see if they can improve throughout the course of the season, yeah. see if they have a little something, not not anything special. Right, right, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely hard. You know, my dad's over here texting me like, Cass, like, we're winning this. Like, I'm putting all the, my money on here. And I'm like, yeah, okay, like, relax. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> like, right. But okay, like, good for you that there's a little bit of hope already. And, you know, you have something, again, to be proud of in an organization that is a roller coaster of an organization for emotions for their for their fan base. And now – Again, they can be happy. Right, exactly. Talking again with Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And I I threw out the question about what have you been surprised about uh, so far through the two weeks of the season. So what has been your biggest surprise? And it could be good or bad. It doesn't necessarily have to be good. But just what's been the biggest surprise for you from the first two weeks of the season? I think it's been, and I think it falls back to, like, we, we heard the players talk the talk. We heard Yannick Ngakwe say, me and Max Crosby are going to run this team, you know? Right. And then to see it now, like, again, it's hard to believe something when you can't see it. But to see Max Crosby and the progression that he's made um, in his few years with the team, to see just, you know, he, he, he shared that, Last year, he dealt with some difficulties um, mentally, emotionally, and he's clean and sober this year. And I think you just see like a new, just like fresh, clean slate from him. And that's really good, like just really encouraging to see again. Like I talk, we can talk about these guys as players and what they do uh, on the field, but I think off the field, like if you're not healthy mentally and emotionally mm-hmm. as a person, like that's not going to show up on Sundays. And you know, Max Crosby didn't have as good of a year last year as he could have had. Then this year, we're already seeing him just a completely new player transformed. He's got some great veteran leadership playing alongside him, and that is starting to show already early in the season. Yeah, no, it is, and I'm glad you mentioned that because if you are playing with a free mind or a clear mind, and really, if you're doing anything with a clear mind, you're going to be better at it, right? Yeah, oh, <laughs> you for know? sure, for sure. I, I, mean, I mean, Max is sober. You know, of course, Carl came out with his uh, announcement er- earlier during the, you know, the offseason and everything. That kind of cleared his mind. Uh, you know, there's, there's uh, Darren Waller, obviously, is four years sober, so he's continuing to clear his mind. By the way, just dropped a, a CD. Uh, I actually bought it and listened to it on the way to the game uh, against the Steelers, and so I got my thoughts on it so we'll talk about that as another point but uh yeah Darren Waller I mean he's doing his thing and you could tell he's in a good place I mean it's just there's so many guys I feel like on this team Derek Carr has 
said that he's not worried about what people are saying and talking about, and he's just out there to try to win. And, and I believe him. I don't think that's lip service. I, I genuinely believe that he is an eight-year veteran now, and he don't give a damn what I'm saying. He don't care what you're saying. He don't care what the critics are saying. He don't care what the fan base is saying or not saying. He's just out there trying to play ball the way he knows how. And I think that it helps everyone when you don't have any kind of worries uh, in your mind. Yeah, it was funny you say that because after his, his post-game uh, press conference on Sunday, he was like, oh, yeah, like some people call me some choice words, but, you know, I just laugh it off. And it's like, yeah, when you've got a stadium of 60,000-plus people, like, yelling bad names at you, like, it's hard not to hear it, right? But mm-hmm. like, if you can put that beside you and put that behind you, like you said, eight years into it and just focus on the task at hand, like, you're going to come up with some wins. I would think so. I really would. And, yeah. and I, I feel like it's making these guys really play and, and focus on, on a whole other level. And so it's been very impressive. Now, uh, they got Miami coming to town. They're kicking off at 1 o'clock at, at uh, Legion Stadium. We yeah. saw the atmosphere for Monday Night Football. That's Monday Night Football. That's the big stage. It was Baltimore, the Raiders, you know, first game of the season. It was electric. What are your expectations for the first 1 p.m. kickoff on a Sunday afternoon against Miami? What are you thinking? Yeah, well, I have a feeling like – we might even get, like, some more rowdiness because those ticket prices for Monday Night Football, like, not your everyday average fan. Like, you had to break the piggy bank to go to that game. So I think, you know, I haven't checked the prices on tickets yet for this one, but I think, like, it could be the same sort of atmosphere. I think the Raiders will have home field advantage. They'll continue to have home field advantage. Um, I believe, I can't remember the number, but... I think it was like upwards of a thousand people, Q, and correct me if I'm wrong, got vaccinated the day of that Monday night football game to come watch the Raiders. Yeah, it was a bunch. Yep. Yeah, it was a bunch. And so, like, it's showing the dedication of these fans. Like, you know, maybe they were on the fence of getting the vaccination, but because they want to watch this team so bad, finally get that Mm -hmm. opportunity to come into Allegiant Stadium, they're going to do whatever it's going to take. And so, I think you'll get that same sort of atmosphere um, come Sunday. And I'm like, Selfishly, I'm more excited because there was so much going on, right, for Monday Night Football. I didn't get to walk up and down the tailgates as much as I wanted to, but, like, I want to be able to take that in a little bit more this this Sunday, and I think we'll be able to and just see all the fans coming together, all the tailgates. We'll see who's going to hook me up with some free food, you guys. You know, <laughs> see me. If you see me, let me know what you got. I'll be there. I'll, I'll be ready to grade the, 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 um, the spread. There you Don't go. You <laughs> I, hey, look, if it ain't free, it ain't me. I understand. I respect that. And I'll say this. You said that all the fans that got vaccinated because they just, you know, they were on the fence, but they they wanted to go see their team, so they did it. I'll tell you, having a desire will make you do some strange things. I mean, hey, look. <laughs> I don't swim. I don't swim, Cassie. But I'll tell you, back in the day, man, I, there was one girlfriend that got me in the pool. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that influence that influence got me in the pool, and I was putting my own life in danger. But I sure did get in the pool to chase her. You know what I mean? So There you go. <laughs> strange things could happen uh, just because you have a desire to go see something or hang out with someone. You'll, 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 you'll get out of character a little bit if you have to. So. <laughs> hey, don't you know it? You don't Absolutely. Know it. Hey, if it's all in good fun, if everybody, you know, everybody's safe, happy, and healthy, and right. very happy cue, then that's yes. all good. <laughs> that's all good. I got my floaties on and I got my pool on. You know what I mean? I made it happen. But last question before I let you yeah. go. Miami, as I mentioned, coming to town on Sunday. What's your gut feeling tell you? How do you think this game's going to shake out? Is Tua going to go? Uh, that's a great question. Tua okay. or Jacoby Brissett, one of the two. I, I mean, I don't. as long as it's not some fifth magic happening with 19 seconds on the clock, I think the Raiders are going to be okay. Okay. How about that? All right. Hey, that'll work. <laughs> that'll work. How about that? Nothing. Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't show up, you know. Well, and, he won't. Yeah. That, that, there you go. Then, then I think they might be all right. 
There it is right there. Cassie Soto's the Raiders, Raiders said the or she says the Raiders are gonna be all right on Sunday against Miami. That'll work. What do you got coming out? Vegas Nation, what should Raider fans be on the lookout for? Yeah, Vegas Nation Blitz drops tomorrow, Wednesday at four PM on all of our Vegas Nation platforms, VegasNation.com, Vegas Nation app, and then as always we got you covered super early Saturday at 7 a.m. for Vegas Nation game day. Again, at VegasNation.com. There it is. And on Twitter, at underscore Cassie Soto. And with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Cassie, thank you for your time. We'll see you on Sunday. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, there she goes. Cassie Soto does a great job right there at Las Vegas Review Journal covering the Raiders like a glove. And, and really, uh, everything that she does and, and all the folks there at the Las Vegas Review Journal do a fine job, and we definitely appreciate them anytime they give us a few minutes and share on the radio. 2.44 is the time when we come back. My one-on-one with former Raiders running back Chris McLemore. You'll hear it from Allegiant Stadium this morning. Lots of fun times, good conversation. You'll hear it next. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Many thanks to Cassie Soto for joining us in the last segment, talking all things Raiders. Well, we're going to keep this party rolling fast and furious. Earlier today, I was at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, Nice, nice high school football kind of tribute by the Raiders. 96 high school football helmets are on the wall there at Allegiant Stadium. And uh, I'll get into much deeper conversation about it, just what it really meant. But I had an opportunity to catch up with former Raiders running back Chris McLemore, who is a Las Vegas native, and had a few minutes to catch up with him and just talk about the event and talk about the Raiders. So here's that conversation. Here at Allegiant Stadium on Raider Nation Radio 920 with Raider alum Chris McLemore. We just saw the, we just saw the unveiling of the, the high school football helmet wall here at Allegiant Stadium. How, how impressive is this? This is very impressive. One of the things I noticed as soon as the unveiling of, it, of uh, the helmets is it's all shaped in the Nevada. <laughs> right, right. I, I thought that was very unique. Uh, I don't know who create, came up with that came up with that idea. And then, obviously, I went looking for the Vikings, Valley Vikings helmet, which is off to the left there. Is it, is it, it's close enough to the top. It's got to be close enough to the top, yeah, right? That's, that's exactly right. As a matter of fact, it should be all the way to the top. But I'm going to have to talk to somebody and see if we can make some arrangements. But, no, I'm excited, at just not just by the Valley Vikings, but just all the helmets that represents all the youth here in Las Vegas. Growing up in Las Vegas and, and for this youth now today to have this opportunity, it's, it's an exciting time for them. It really is. And you're an alum of the Raiders. And, of course, they're here in the community doing a lot for the high school football. And I've been saying that I, I, high school football is so important to the community. With the Raiders being so active and involved, I mean, what does that mean to you as an alum and, and obviously a native of Levada, uh, Las Vegas as well? Well, it means a lot to me as an alum because I'm involved in the, those uh, events as well. Uh, Friday night showcase, uh, speaking to the athletes, having one-on-one with the youth uh, and seeing their faces and the, and the questions. Uh, can I make it to the NFL? Uh, do I have an opportunity out of Vegas to make it to the NFL? That was one of the things as a youth, not knowing if you're going to either go to college because it was not a lot of scouts coming to Las Vegas because it was such a small market. But now this is a big market with the NFL team so as an alumni talking to this youth that's just a great opportunity looking into their face and telling them hey through hard work and being disciplined not only can you make it to the NFL but you could be a professional and somebody that contributes to our community and which is exciting you know Chris you just made me think of a whole nother question because everyone has the vision has the dream they want to get to that next level they want to get to the NFL everyone doesn't make it at what point do you feel like okay that that is something that you can achieve at what point should someone start thinking that that's something they can achieve 
I think, well, I, I used to dream about it when I was a little kid. Yeah. I used to walk around the house and tell my parents, you know, I'm going to make it to the NFL. Right. And they used to shut their doors and say, hey, look, <laughs> we, we don't want to hear that NFL right. stuff. Right. But I think the dream starts early on in life. And yeah. then once you can dream it, you can visualize it, you can see it. And then through that becomes faith and you believe it and then hard work. So I would say it starts at an early age. And But if you're pursuing anything in life, especially being in the NFL, that being being able to pursue that and having the discipline, you can carry that on to other business. I'm I'm also a COO of a major manufacturing company, right. so I mean you can be able to take that and move it into other industries and do quite well. But I, I agree with you. Yeah, being in the NFL is a, is a blessing. It is. It really is. And to be a professional in anything is really a blessing. I mean, it's, it's it all takes hard work. And I, I've been telling anyone that listen that high school football coaches are more than just high school football coaches. Correct. It's more than W's and, and L's. It's more than you know X's and O's. It's life. It's life lessons. What does high school football mean to you? It means a lot because realistically, it was in high school football that actually gave me that next jump, which is into you know off into college. So it, it meant a lot. I mean, when I think about football, obviously I think about being in the NFL. But from the NFL, the next thing I think about is high school football and all the friends. And a lot of times, your friends and the people that you played with since peewee football <laughs> all the way through high school. Those are the, that's what you remember and that type of discipline. So. It, it means a lot, and it means a lot for the youth here as well because they will carry that to their next next jump, if it's college or whatever it may be. You know, something you said when you were talking to the audience is that every city is not like this. Every city doesn't have that wall that represents all the high school footballs. And, and I was trying to express that as well. It's not like that everywhere. That just shows the commitment to the community. That's, that's correct, and that shows the Raiders' commitment along with Inter, Inter, uh, Intermountain Health. That commitment for our youth here in Las Vegas this shows how we want to make a difference in the community, and, and, and it's across the board. They're doing so much with the youth in our community, from peewee football, Pop Warner football, all the way through uh, high school. So I'm excited about it, and I'm excited being a part of that. Well, I know you got to be excited about the start that the Raiders have gotten off to, and I know it's a marathon. I mean, it's two games, they're 2-0, and but those two tough opponents that they beat. What are you seeing from the silver and black these days? Defense. <laughs> no, right. I mean, I'm just being honest. I, I see. I mean, the offense has always been great, and yeah. I love the whole team. Yeah. But I see a change in that defense and the discipline of the defense. I mean, the, you know, as they always say, defense win championships. So they did what they need to do in the offseason to be able to take that next jump, and that next jump has been with defense, and uh, they did it. So it's two games. We're 2-0. I mean, we're taking each game one game at a time, but I'm excited about what I'm looking at and seeing right now. You know, Coach Gruden said yesterday that this team coming in next this week, Miami, is a tough team. It's going to be a dangerous team. They just lost 35-0. You never want to play that team, that one that's that just got embarrassed because they want to get some. They want to get some revenge. That's a, that's exactly right. But the good thing about it is they're aware of that, so they're going to go into the game with the right mindset and the right understanding, and hopefully with the right preparation as they move forward to the game. So if they're doing the right preparation to prepare themselves and understand that you know this team can be dangerous. They'll be ready for for the game. And before I let you go, and this has been great, I do appreciate your time here at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, again, as a Las Vegas native, to have this stadium, to be able to look out and see Mandalay Bay and the MGM right across from us. I mean, did you ever think this could happen? I'll be honest with you, I did. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I never thought it would happen. Right. I mean, even growing up here in Vegas and people used to always ask me, hey, is the NFL team going to ever come here? I say, no, that's not going to happen. I mean, with all the gaming and everything. Yeah, and yeah. that was what they used to tell us when I was playing. Because I used to wonder, like, is Vegas going to ever get a team? It's like too much gaming. But, you know, what the Knights have shown us and then what some of the other uh, sports teams have shown us, now the Raiders are here. 
and I tell you, this has been hands down the best decision ever. This is exciting, and this, I'm excited about it. Yeah, we are as well. We appreciate, like I said, your time. We appreciate being a part of this, and uh, thank you again for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. So there he was right there, former Raiders running back Chris McLemore. He was uh, there at Allegiant Stadium this morning. Uh, it was great just to see the, the new helmet wall installation there at Allegiant Stadium. And I'm telling you, when you go into there, Raider Nation, go check it out. The Battleborn large display It's right there. It says the greatness of the Raiders is in its future. And I think that that's so great because that is the future. And what are the future? Well, kids. High schoolers, high school football players turn into collegiate football players, turn into NFL players. So I think it all ties in together so well. I asked uh, President Dan Vitrelli about that earlier uh, this morning as well. You'll hear that conversation coming up in the next hour. Uh, Just, I mean, I thought it was really cool. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, I thought it was great that they asked me to be a part of that and me to emcee it, and especially me with the high school football background that I have from my time in Texas to know how important high school football is. And I think that's really special and something that I really want to help grow here so we get more coverage of high school football. We're talking about high school football more and more and more. And will it ever be Texas high school football? Probably not. Probably not that conversation, but that's okay. It doesn't have to be. As long as we are highlighting the youth and and, uh, letting them know how special they are and how important it is for us to be there and be part of the community. And that's why we're at the Showcase Games every Friday night. That's why we have the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week announcement and interview here. And you'll hear that, matter of fact, coming up at 3.20. is the time live at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. Coming up next, Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. Do a little film study with us as we kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.